Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we talk about the Hawks' 94-102 loss to the Charlotte Hornets. We'll talk about Gordon Hayward having a huge night and what has caused the Hawks to fall into this little three-game slump. Without further ado, let's get into it. After keeping the game close in the first half, the Hawks strung together two strong quarters in the second half to get a 83-75 victory over the Charlotte Hornets. That's what would have happened if the Hawks had only had to play the final three quarters against the Charlotte Hornets, which unfortunately they didn't. Unfortunately, they had to play the first quarter, which was easily their worst first quarter of this season, and which is really surprising considering how well the Hawks have done in first quarters at the start of this season. That first quarter really put the Hawks behind the eight ball. Uh, Charlotte won the quarter 27-11. to Gordon Hayward had 12 of his 44 points in the period. He was 3 of 4 from three-point land in the first. LaMelo Ball came off the bench and went 3 for three of 4, made one three-pointer. And the Hawks really couldn't get anything going in that first quarter. And it really just dug this big hole for the Hawks that they had to fight, dig themselves out of the rest of the game. Some stats from that first quarter. The Hawks were 5 of 22 from the field. They hit 1 of 10 three-pointers. Only got to the free throw line one time. John Collins got there, missed both free throws, and they turned the ball over four times. Charlotte was just, they weren't much better. They were 9 of 26, 4 of 11 to the three-point line. They got five free throws and converted all five, and they only turned it over twice. But the Hawks were just terrible. And really, Trey was just not himself tonight or last night against the the Hornets. I don't know what was going on. He just... His, he wasn't pressuring defenses. He wasn't moving with the same intensity he normally moves with. And I don't know what was going on, but he just wasn't aggressive against the Hornets at all. His stat line reflects that. Trey was 2 of 9 from the field, didn't make any three-pointers, did make all three of his free throws for 7 points. He had 3 assists, 5 rebounds, and 7 turnovers. You're just going to have nights like that, and there could be something else going on for Trey, but Trey just wasn't himself. And really didn't positively affect the Hawks. In fact, he was a team. The team was minus 15 when Trey was on the court, which is just not going to be able to get a lot done with a player like that. To the Hawks' credit, they were able to fight back from that really bad first quarter. And in fact, they this game against the Hornets found the Hawks in a 24-point deficit at points during the second quarter. Um, but the Hawks were able to take two strong quarters in the second half and really they took the lead the their only lead in the fourth quarter um but it takes so much energy trying to get back into a game like that and it just as awesome as it would have been to get a win after just playing so poorly it, it was really just amazing to see the Hawks make this a game after really being not in it at all early in the game some of the things that really just I think emphasize um how the Hawks we're not being super aggressive and, and just some of the things that have uh, not, they haven't done well. They just, there was a dis- disparity at the free throw line. The Hawks got to the free throw line 18 times compared to Charlotte's 33 attempts. The Hawks fouled a lot more than the Hornets did. The Hawks had 
25 fouls compared to Charlotte's 14. Again, the turnovers were a big issue, especially for Trey Young, who just had a had a tough game. But the Hawks turned it over 13 times compared to Charlotte's nine. The Hawks were able to score more points off of their turnovers than Charlotte did, 14 to 12. And there were areas that the Hawks dominated this game. The Hawks scored way more points in the paint, 58, compared to Charlotte's 36. Um, and their bench, the Hawks bench came off and did a very good job. The Hawks scored 32 points off the bench compared to Charlotte's only 22 points. And those bench points from the Hawks were primarily Kevin Herter, who had a really nice game shooting the ball, and Brandon Goodwin, who continues to sort of, I don't really see him doing too much that like positively affects the, the Hawks, but he ended the game. The team was plus nine with Goodwin on the court, and he almost closed the entire fourth quarter, and he certainly did provide the spark in this game. He was just being way more aggressive. Uh, he was doing some things like getting behind the defense to score some easy buckets and transition for the Hawks, but those two combined for most of those 32 points, bench points for the Hawks. Kevin Herter, like I said, he was 7 of 15 from the field. He hit 5 of 12 three-pointers. I think the amount of three-pointers taking, taking 12 three-pointers is just as important as the five he hit. Those combined for 19 points. He didn't get any free throws, and that's an area of Kevin's game that he's really going to have to work on because he is such a good shooter, and if he's able to take some of that pressure and get to the rim, that'll be a little bit easier for him than just having to hit the threes and the little shots he gets in mid-range where he has worked on getting to the mid-range and getting easier shots. But those 19 points were big, and then he had six assists. And Kevin Herter just continues to be a very nice ball handler and playmaker for the Hawks. And he was really, him and John Collins kept the Hawks kind of in this game, especially in that first half when it looked like this game could just be a snooze fest and the Hornets would just run away with it. Goodwin, getting to him, he uh, was a team high plus nine, as I said. He played 20 minutes almost the entire fourth quarter. He was four of ten from the field, only one of five from three-point land. He had nine points, two assists, and three rebounds. And really what he provided was just energy. Um, He's a small guard, and the Hawks tried a little bit of playing Trey and Goodwin together, but I, I think they're too small for you to do that. But Goodwin was just able to make some plays happen. And like I said, when the Hawks were getting some defensive rebounds, he got out behind uh, the Hornets for some easy buckets and really helped the Hawks close the gap in the third and fourth quarters. John Collins was really a monster, especially early in the game. 9 of 15. Didn't shoot any threes, which is something I think John should get a couple three-pointers up every game. But 5 of 7 from the free throw line. He had 23 points, 11 rebounds, and really just was the heart and all of the energy for the Hawks early in this game when, you know, for whatever reason, the Hawks kind of just got off to a slow start. John was banging it uh, down under the basket. He was really trying and making an effort. Um, Kevin Herter, uh, we've talked about Kevin Herter, but DeAndre Hunter continues just to be like the steadiest Hawk, which is not normal for your sophomore player, but he was 6 of 15, only 1 of 7 from his three-pointers, and a lot of his threes are wide-open looks, which is un. Disappointing that he only was one of seven, but he did get to the free throw line four times, made all four of those for 17 points, and he had five assists and six rebounds. I really would like to talk about Hunter's passing a little bit. He is really focused on 
his ball handling and being a little bit more of a playmaker. And I think you see that in him getting to the free throw line, but he had five assists tonight, last night against the Hornets. And two of those assists were really spectacular. Um, both of them were going to the basket. He's dribbling, going to the basket. And at one one point he finds an open Kevin Herter for a, just a wide open three that Kevin made. And then the second one, he kind of makes the same move and it looks like he's going to make the same pass to Kevin the defender tries to cut that pass off, and Hunter just dumps it off to John Collins for a really easy lay-in. Um, so to see some playmaking from Hunter and con- to s- continue to see his growth just as a player um, in his second year has been a ton of fun to watch. And again, for him, for DeAndre to be the Hawks' most consistent player is really unusual, and um, just it's to see that growth is very encouraging and something that you know, through all eight these first eight games for the Hawks, I think one super positive is just the strong play of DeAndre Hunter. Clint Capella had a massive night rebounding the ball. He had 19 rebounds, six of them offensive. And Clint gets his offensive rebounds in bunches. Usually it's a possession where he gets two or three offensive rebounds all at one time, and he's able to tap the ball back to himself and then put the ball in the basket. He was only three of eight from the field for seven points, but he really controlled the paint when he he was in the game. And when coach Pierce took Clint out of the game in the fourth quarter, that sort of felt like the game was going to go to the Hornets because Clint had been playing really well. The Hornets really hadn't been able to do anything with uh, Capella down low. And then to see him taken out was sort of taking the wind out of the Hawks um, sails. On the Hornet side of the ball, I mean, you got to start with Gordon Hayward. He started the game hot. He had 12 points in that first quarter, and he just kept that up through the entire game. He had 44 points, two assists, seven rebounds, four of nine from three-point line, 10 of 12 from the free throw line. And it seemed at the end of the game, even when the Hawks took their brief one-point lead, the Hornets could just go to Gordon Hayward for him to get a mid-range shot, and he was making them. Um, It's really kind of the danger of letting any NBA star get going. Um, Gordon was just comfortable all game, and he was able to get to his spots and really just knock down all the shots. Uh, One, uh, to get back to that first quarter, one kind of disconcerting thing is a lot of Gordon's three-pointers were just wide open. There wasn't really anybody in his face to contest, and he he knocked them down. I credit uh, Coach Borrego for the Hornets for getting Gordon a lot of good looks in the corner. Um, corner threes to get him going and he just took advantage of all those opportunities for 44 points and really closing the Hawks out late in this game. LaMelo Ball came off the bench to have a really nice game in only 23 minutes. He had 16 points, eight rebounds and five assists. Uh, One thing that might not show up in the box score is uh, LaMelo got behind the Hawks defense twice at the end of quarters to get easy buckets. Uh, two times the Hawks were able to score with less than five seconds left in a quarter, and the Hornets were able to score because of either a pass or LaMelo being able to catch the ball and just lay it in. And, you know, in a game that was decided ultimately by eight points but was much closer down the stretch, that was huge. And uh, the Hawks just can't let that happen, and I thought LaMelo gave the Hornets a nice lift off the ba- off the bench. He did airball a three-pointer, but he made two three-pointers. So it was a really nice showing for the rookie forward slash guard. Um, And then Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham had fine games, nothing too spectacular. 
Rozier hit a couple threes. Devontae Graham hit a big three right when the Hawks were uh, taking the lead and really making the game close. Uh, Devontae Graham hit a big three to put the Hornets up four, and the Hawks were never really able to get back into the game. It was, you know, a game where after two losses with the Hawks leading in the third quarter, you thought maybe the Hawks would turn it around and they would be able to get a victory that maybe they shouldn't have. Um, but the Hawks weren't able to close the game out. And uh, it just like was a really strange game after all of the high scoring and, um, you know, very positive energy through the first seven games the Hawks have played. This was the first game the Hawks were down at halftime this season. They were the last NBA team to not have trailed going into the second half. And um, they this was, you know, they fought back and were able to make it a game in the fourth quarter, but it just never really felt like a Hawks game, especially with Trey playing, just having the off night that he had. And in a, you know, long season, there are going to be nights like that. So hopefully this was just a little bit of a blip during the season instead of like something that, that rears its ugly head. But um, some of the things that I took away from this game that I'll, I'll be watching going forward again, I, I didn't say Bogdan Bogdanovich's name. Uh, last game, he had to leave um, because he hurt his ankle, but he was able to play tonight, and he just didn't have anything going. Again, he took a bunch of threes and had a, a lot of open looks and just couldn't get any of them to fall. I thought one thing you never have to worry about with Bogdanovich is he's always playing hard and trying to get into the game, but for whatever reason, his offense is just not there right now. Um, Cam Reddish, again, didn't have a strong night shooting, and he's still trying to kind of figure out what his role is. Um, but the Hawks are turning the ball over a little bit too much. And really the free throw disparity in this game is something that like with Trey young and just the amount of guys they have going to the basket, the Hawks should be able to put pressure on teams by getting into the bonus early in games and early in quarters. And they shouldn't have any games where they're under 20 free throws. So that was a little bit disconcerting to see. Um, and especially a game where they dominated rebounding, 57 to 49, especially dominating the offensive rebounding. And then that's still really not being enough to deliver the game. It's a little bit frustrating, but I think the biggest takeaway is just the inability to hit a three pointer. The Hawks were seven of 40 for a solid 17 and a half percent from three point land. And the Hawks are not going to be able to win a lot of games when they shoot that poorly from three point land. Um, it'd be one thing if the Hawks had like were taking all contested shots and um, the Hornets were really putting pressure on those shooters, but a lot of, not a lot of those shots, but the Hornets were in zone. They played zone more than any other team in the NBA so far this season, and a lot of the shots the Haw- Hawks took were open shots. Um, if you take away the three pointers that Herder took and and made, um, the Hawks shot two of 28 from three-point land, um, which is just not going to get it done. So hopefully the the Hawks should definitely shoot the ball better. They should get better nights from Trey Young. And uh, despite all that, the Hawks still took the lead in the fourth quarter. So I think that's a little bit of a positive. Um, we got great games from Kevin Herter and John Collins, and John Collins continues to have at least one monster jam a night. He, can, he did that again against uh, the, the Hornets. So those are some some fun things, but it was not a fun game really at the beginning, and it's kind of you know 
we've had now three games where the Hawks have had a little bit of sloppy endings and, and three games where despite having leads, even I didn't think the Hawks really played Hawks basketball. Um, so maybe this is more Hawks basketball. Maybe the games against the Nets and Chicago earlier this season were outliers, but um, I think going forward, you're going to see a little bit more energy and a, a little more urgency from the, these Hawks. Their next game is against the Hornets again. They play the Hornets on Saturday. It's one of the rare times this season the Hawks get two days off instead of just one. Um, and the Hornets are going, they have a game Friday night, and then it'll be the second night of a back-to-back. So the Hawks will get be able to possibly take advantage of a three nights, three games and four nights situation for their opponent instead of what they had to do early, you know, against the Cavs. So the Hawks hopefully should be able to take advantage of that. But real frustrating game, another loss. It's never fun to go on three game losing streaks. Um, but very early in the season, the Hawks are four and four. And I'll be back to talk to you again after their game against the Hornets on Saturday. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at KettleCast at gmail.com. And if you could leave a rating or a review on whatever platform you use to get your podcast, that would be a huge help to me. Go Hawks!